Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. It's Thursday, October 26th, and you're listening to the Ravens Press Pass podcast. The Ravens are gearing up for a matchup coming up against the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday, and today we had a chance to hear from the coordinators. Let's kick things off with special teams coordinator Chris Horton. Just got some sky kicks in there. Uh, what, was, what was kind of the, the thought process behind those? You know, I think the, uh, the first one, you know, we just felt like, you know, it was an opportunity. We had that wind blowing in our face. We just felt like, hey, if, if we couldn't get the ball – uh, in the end zone, just just not knowing early on, give us an opportunity, put a ball in play. It's had something we haven't done uh, in a while, so just give us an opportunity, let our guys cover down there, just try to make a play. You know, Tyler's, uh, Tyler's done a very good job for us, you know, and, uh, you know, like I said before, you know, any guy uh, that's, at, that's at our disposal, we're going to use him. Um, so it's good to see him back out here practice, uh, running around, uh, getting himself called back up. But, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, what he brings to the table is uh, – it's been it's been really good for us, you know. Uh, we miss having him out there. Uh, he's a good he's a good football player. He's a good gunner. He's a physical player. You know all those things that we talk about and we preach from our from our special teams and what we look for. What's the difference for Jordan Uh, you know, those that's happened to um, to Sam a couple times throughout his career. And so for it to happen to Jordan on Sunday, you know, I think that first punt came two minutes left in the third quarter, you know, and, and, and for him, it's just a it's just a mindset thing. Right. He has that net over there. He's got to keep himself locked in uh, in tune to the game. And so when he goes out there, you know, it could only be one punt. And we expect that punt to be, you know, high level. And uh, that first punt, man, it was uh, it was outstanding. The guys covered well. We also talked with defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. After having a game like that, especially defensively, having so many positive things, as a coach, do you try to do some things to make sure that, you know, because all week they're going to get their pats on the back mm-hmm. and hear all how good they are and things like that. As a coach, do you try to do some things to keep things in check? Uh, I, I, I don't think you're, you're not making the decisions based off of um, kind of the weather and, and the way the wind's blowing. I think you're just going off of what the tape told you. And um, the tape told us that we did the things that we needed to do to win the game. So that was that was really good, uh, you know, starting fast, things like that. Um, but the tape also told us that there were some things that, uh, you know, we definitely have to make sure we get cleaned up moving forward. So 
uh, that's the message, and it just depends on on a week-to-week basis. And uh, this this week was really honestly, it's just no different than any other week. What has clicked for Justin Matabuke? I mean, obviously we've seen flashes ever since he was drafted, but to consistently put it together week after week, what, do you, what has happened to, for that to turn over? I, I don't see a, uh, an impetus, you know, per se, of what, something clicking. I just I think you've seen. Um, his work ethic over the course of the offseason. Just let's take this this whole calendar year, for example. Um, just had a great offseason. Um, here all the time, put in all the work. Uh, always a great attitude. And then anytime you're watching one-on-ones and the things that we're stressing, you know, up front in terms of the pass rush uh, was executing at a high level. So uh, I just I think you know the whole year. And go back to last year, just like I've said. I mean, just that that effort, energy, focus. That's always been there with Justin, and uh, you know the the uh, maybe the results hadn't been there as much um, for whatever reasons, whether it's opportunity or not. But uh, I think you're obviously seeing it come together now. It's kind of like when someone says you're an overnight success, but it's really like 10 years of hard work. I think I think that's a, a good example with Justin. When you're getting that consistent pass rush production from an interior guy like that, how important is that in terms of the overall plan to kind of keep the quarterback off balance? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, uh, it's huge. Um, you know, people think of pass rushers as guys just on the edge, but obviously there's some great ones throughout the league. Um, you know, there's there's uh, more gaps than there are rushers the majority of the time. So interior rush is going to be uh, very important, you know, to push the pocket and then understand, you know, when you have a two-way go, when you can make a move, how you, how you counter at the level, things like that. So there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but definitely, a, you know, a guy like, uh, like Beaks up front, you know, doing what he's doing is great. I, you know, I'd be remiss if you, if you don't mention guys like Michael Pierce and and Brody and uh, and uh, Travis Jones and um, the other guys that are rushing inside because a lot of times those guys are taking the double teams and pushing the pocket and that allows you to, for other guys to have single blocks and that's what makes the whole thing go as, as well as matching the route so the timing is right. So it's a team effort. It's all eleven really, but uh, it's great to have a guy inside that can do what he's doing. Mike, a lot of the reports coming out of Arizona that they're taking their time with Kyler Murray, but when you see him practice fully as he did yesterday, how do you approach that as a defense coordinator? Yeah, well, you got to be ready for it. Um, you got to be ready for him, and obviously, there's no reps of him this year uh, in this system. So you're, tr- you would try to marry, you know, his skill set and what you've seen in the past with what they're trying to do. Not an easy task. You know, we'll see what happens throughout the rest of the week, but it's definitely something you have to, you know, be ready for if he, if he, if he is out there. Mike, I know you've been asked about Gino throughout the season, but when a player produces like that, you know, does that change what you're able to do with him, or is it more of like a continuation of, of the plan you're trying to execute when he's putting up numbers? I think it's a continuation of the plan. Um, to Gino's credit, uh, I don't want to take what he's away, away from what he's doing, but the plays are coming to him through the scheme and through his responsibility. And that's a, I'm commending him by executing at a high level. And it's like the ball finds energy. You're, you know, if you're doing things the right way all the time and playing with high energy, the ball will find you. And when it, when it does, he's been able to make a play on the ball. So he's doing a great job, but we've got to keep it rolling. When you're looking at the Cardinals offense, how important will it be to keep your the former uh, receiver here, Hollywood Brown, in, in front of the defense? Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's an explosive player. And uh, he's someone you have to account for both um, in the vertical game and in the in the uh, catch and run game. So, you know, he's, he's, I wouldn't say unique in that matter, but there's not a lot of guys that have that that both of that skill set. So um, that's something that we definitely definitely have to account for, for sure. How do you think just the experience of seeing Lamar in practice every day prepares you guys for seeing whether it's Kyler or Dobbs and just the quarterback design run threat that 
Arizona will probably present? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, when you're practicing the things throughout camp, he gives you a realistic look of if you could make the play or not. You know, you stay away from Lamar. Sometimes there's some plays where you're like, ah, oh, we would have tackled him, you know, and you probably wouldn't have. But you can get on to the next play. So, you know, I wouldn't overdo it much. But um, obviously, you know, having a, an elite quarterback like that that you're seeing every day, really in any scheme, um, you know, iron sharpens iron in that matter. Mike, we've seen uh... – the versatility in your scheme talked about with inside linebackers and the secondary as a whole as they play multiple positions. Uh, something on the film, though, showed Michael Pierce and some defensive linemen dropping back into coverage as a point. Just what did they show in that regard to be able to entrust them with such play call and the other guys making the plays surrounding them? Yeah, I, I would just, I mean, it's just uh, we're blessed that we have a unit that um, place together and you can do a lot of different things where different guys are getting credit for stuff and a lot there's a lot of heavy lifting going on where you're not necessarily making the play but you're setting some your teammate up for success and when you have 11 guys playing like that you got a really good chance to be pretty good and uh, that's something that we're focusing on something that we've harped on as a unit our coaches do a great job of um, you know just like pick games for example like setting the other guy up not being selfish and, and playing team football and um, when you do that you got a really good chance to to win games. Mike, uh, on, a, on, a, on a kind of technique level, is there a name for like the, the kind of the, the play where you see a Mike Pierce, you know, engage the, the center of the guard just long enough before he drops back? I mean, is there a name for that kind of rush or drop or whatever it is? <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> Maybe we can talk privately on it, but you know, there probably is a call for it, yes. Mike, we've heard Kyle Van Noyen, just a bunch of guys, especially in recent weeks, just saying how they really feel like the, the unit is gelling really well in, in recent weeks. From a defensive coordinator, like, how do you see that happening? Do you see that happening? How does that happen, and, and how does that really feel <coughs> the unit? Well, it's great to hear that. You know, I didn't, I, didn't, uh, I didn't catch that, but awesome to hear. And that's, again, that's something that is, goes unnoticed. We talked about you know, in our meeting earlier in the week, it's, it's about the little details that you don't necessarily see is what makes the difference. Mm -hmm. And camaraderie and, and selflessness and effort and execution are things that don't, aren't necessarily shown to the naked eye when you're, when you're watching the tape. So to answer your question, that's, those are the things that you see on a, in, a play in and play out basis is execution, guys doing the things they're coached to do, playing really hard, um, having great energy in the meeting rooms and focus and, and having taken it a day to day-to-day -day mentality. I mean, those are the things that as a coach, you know, you're striving for all the time. And, I, we're, and we're chasing it still. I mean, we're not there by any means, but we're, we're chasing it. And you can feel it, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis for sure. Mike, I think there was some thought that when Marlon Humphrey came back, he could slide in the slot and be a way to get Stevens, keep him out there, and then maybe get Darby or Rocky Yassin or even Armour Davis. Mm -hmm. How is the way Arthur Millette played inside kind of solidified things for you guys and maybe, you know, change what you do with the defensive backs there? Well, a lot, uh, a lot of the decisions we've made in the back is um, a function of one, who's available, and, uh, and um, just, just the, the overall skill set that you're working with. But to your point about Arthur, um, has been playing really good football for us. And, uh, and in, that, would, that would drive some decisions on not having to shake things up, per se. It's not out of the question moving forward. I mean, we have a lot of good guys back there that you know we want to get on the field and then have deserved chances to be out there. So um, I think you'll see us mix it up, you know, over the next few weeks based on matchups and who's available and things like that. 
Um, but definitely Marlon going to the slot isn't out of the question. Um, and that's nothing against Arthur. He's obviously playing really good football, but you know, you're always looking for ways to, to get, get your best guys out there based on, based on the situation. Mike, what was your reaction to the news coming out of Michigan this week? Um, you know, I, I appreciate the question. It's, uh, I've been here two years, you know, I'm a Raven now, and obviously all, all our focus is, is really move, is on the Cardinals this week, but appreciate the question. That was defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. We also talked with offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, who actually got the game ball on Sunday. That was a big moment for him as the Ravens completely dominated that game against the Lions. The offense had its best showing of the season. They scored touchdowns on their first four drives of the game. Munkin talked about that performance and how the Ravens build on that moving forward. Todd, uh, when they showed the inside the locker room footage after the game, it looked like uh, pretty meaningful to you. Kind of talk about what was Well, you know, a lot of things. Frustration. You know, like I said in there, that's the way it should look. You know, I don't think you ever anticipate scoring touchdowns in your first four drives, but um, that's what you're paid to do. You're paid to put a product out there, maximize your players' potential, and uh, we did that. You know, it feels good, um, and it feels like crap when it doesn't. I don't know how else to say it. You know, it's just the way it is. So from that part of it, um, you know, it was, uh, it was a chance to enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Um, so no other way to put it. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the game, you play well enough. You hold up your end of the bargain. Guys play good. Um, you know, you play like you're capable of playing. We really hadn't had a game like that since the Bengals. We really had played like that against the Bengals. And we'd had spots, you know, here or there. Um, you know, but now we're looking forward. We're through through week seven, and now it's on to week eight, and hopefully we can stack those type of games together. When you get a picture of what it can be, do you think that that can act as kind of a springboard to, to doing that more regularly? I hope so. I mean, um, you know, that's what you're looking for. What, what does it look like? in my opinion, on Wednesday, and then Thursday, and then on Friday, and how do you carry that over? Um, that's not only on the practice field. Uh, that's up uh, when you're game planning. That's when you're deciding what you're going to do um, in any down and distance, any part of the field, and then uh, making sure that the players, you detail it out exactly what you anticipate and um, what they can anticipate from play calls. You know, and sometimes it just goes your way. Sometimes it doesn't. I wish it was that simple, but sometimes it just goes your way. Sorry for interrupting, um, but those, those RPO designs specific um, to Lamar kind of running out like he has the design to run, how, how specific was that to a quarterback like Lamar who has those unique talent? Some are, some aren't. Some are part of, um, you know, a read scheme with that built in. just happened that that one play call um, forced him to keep it. And then obviously defender squeezed to him and he spit the ball out. So again, we had a number of those in the plan and we've had those up. It just sometimes just didn't present themselves. You know, they were more chase mechanics. We've had games where they've been mess charge. We've had games where they've surfed. So even though some of the calls might've been up, we just didn't get the same look. Do you feel like Lamar has a particularly special ability to, to get the ball where he needs to go while he's on sort of while he's running or while he's making it look like he's about to run or just on non-standard kind of foot, foot presence? For sure. You guys have seen it. I mean, his off-platform arm angles 
ability to get the ball in space and see the field is unique. And uh, he's done a great job, really has. And, um, you know, we're just, we're just getting started. We really are, you know, really just getting started. And we just got to build from here. Offensive line was obviously very good in pass protection and also the luxury of having Pat Ricard left tackle essentially and, and block like that. What kind of luxury and how creative does that allow you when you can move 42 up like that? I thought the whole line did a great job in protection. Obviously, we use Pat in a number of ways. Uh, he's got a unique skill set, so we use him in pass pro. We use him in protection, and uh, sometimes if the man that the, the defender that had him in man added, so you don't count on a 40-yard gain to Pat Ricard on a checkdown, but uh, you'll take it. It seemed like early on a lot of pre-snap movement, multiple pre-snap movement. Was that were you looking for something specific, or was it just kind of just We've had some of the pre-stat movement, and we had a little bit more on third downs uh, this past week. Um, but it, we've had it, maybe not as many, you know, RPOs in the past. Um, you know, the, the, the way this defense played kind of presented that uh, to us a little bit more. Is there, other than, other than the end result, is there a common denominator with some of the mesh point, I guess, issues between Justice and Lamar that have sort of reared with some of the fumbles on the exchanges? Um, you know, <clears throat> obviously we've got to get it fixed. Um, that one in particular was different than the one, you know, in Cleveland, which was a miscommunication in terms of the play. But uh, obviously it doesn't matter who the back is. I mean, when you have some QB driven runs with Lamar's ability to pull it and get it on the perimeter, you have to be elite at that part of the game. If you're under center and you're really not QB driven, that isn't a factor. There isn't the read part of it. That element comes into play with the athletic quarterbacks, the guys that can attack the perimeter, and we have to be lead at no matter who that is, whether it's a receiver coming in motion, it's one of our running backs. We have to be because you don't want to get to the point because you can't take that out of your plan. It's a big part of what you do. Like you said, sometimes it just works out. But just from your perspective, I think everybody's wondering why it came together the way it did on Sunday, right? Why did it all come together and look so good? work out so well. From your perspective, why? Well, if you asked our team, I thought last Wednesday uh, was our best practice. Again, I thought over the last few weeks we practiced well. Didn't play as well against Pittsburgh, obviously. Played better against Tennessee, just didn't finish in the red zone. And I think they had started to see that, had started to see that the things we were doing. And I think last Wednesday, Thursday were a couple of our best practices. That doesn't always mean that it's going to carry over. But I thought those guys saw that. The energy level was great. thought they started feeling better about um, the things that we were doing. And it just carried over to Saturday. And we made plays at critical times. Um, you know, even when we didn't get one of the third downs, we came right back and got it on the second one. We had offsetting penalties and got the next one. Um, on a third and 11, we hit Zay on a, on a deep out route. They converted and kept a drive going. So even when we didn't have a number of third downs in that game, but when we needed third downs, we converted early in the game that kept drives going. So sometimes you have to make a play when you get to the third downs and you're not being explosive to convert. And we did a much better job scheming it, calling it in the red zone. You know, we were explosive. We were aggressive, right? And, and that's, that's the key is how do you find a way once you get those drives, convert on third downs and then get touchdowns in the red zone, which we had like a little lapse there, obviously a couple of games, but we had been good up till that point and we were good, we were good the other day and would have had a chance at the other one. We got a little holding call, uh, but the guys, the guys were on point. When we talked to the 
players afterward, by and large, they were not euphoric. I mean, they were all saying, well, still a lot of things we could have done better. When we look at the film, we know we'll see that. As a coach, do you, do you like to hear that? Sure. I mean, I think you're always looking for perfection. You're looking to be elite at whatever you do. So I think there was um, frustration that before the half that we turned the ball over, could have finished the half on our terms. Um, and then at the end when we um, had an opportunity, we ended up kicking a field goal. Then when we, we put in some of the other guys, we could have finished the game on our terms. So we didn't finish the half on our terms, and we didn't finish the game on our terms, no matter who's in the game, and not give it back to their offense and put our defense back out there. We could have, to me, ending both halves on our terms is what you're looking for. Uh, I think just to piggyback up with Kyle's ass, you know, we saw the offense pass for 350 yards, and then you know, Kurt Warner, his breakdown said that there's some issues still with the spacing of the route concepts and stuff like that. I guess, how would you kind of assess just the process of the. Sure. No, I think anytime. Uh, I don't disagree with some of the things he's saying. I think, in terms of making sure that we're on point, in terms of your spacing, um, in terms of everybody being on the same page. But do I think that's any different than most weeks? No. You know, I think you can break down anybody and say, hey, I think that was maybe taking the other side of the narrative because it was so much one side. So you go to the other side of the narrative a little bit. I don't think either side's wrong. I think there were certain things we did that were really outstanding that you look at and say, wow, we can build on. And there's other things that will get glossed over because you won and you'll look at and go, that's got to be a lot better or we can't be who we want. And it's the same way when you don't play as well. There's things you won't look at, and you'll look at and go, boy, we did that really well. And yet there's things that you won't look at that way because of the way you finished. So I don't disagree with either side of it. There was some elite things we did, and there's some things that for sure we've got to clean up and not just count on that eight's going to run around and make a play, right? He is going to do that. That is what he does. But that's not my job. Our job is to be elite and getting guys in the right spots, calling it, being aggressive, getting the guys in the right spots, and letting our talent shine. What's got to get a lot better with an example? I just think there's, it, it's more than just one thing. I think it's um, consistency in terms of uh, route depths, right? Here and out of the huddle, right? If we're changing a play, right? There's just over time, and this, this is no different than any game, there's Mr. Simon here, getting lined up here, how we're doing it here, so we're hearing it out of the huddle, getting lined up, our spacing's right. Um, so again, so we don't count on some ad lib. Not, not ad lib, just Lamar making a play and making up for it, which can occur in the run game too. It could occur in the RPO world where all of a sudden he ends up just making a play, right? Those are things that he has a unique ability to do, but when you really take off is you shrink those other things. And again, you let your talent shine and you really, uh, everybody's executing at a high level, including Lamar including how we call it and how we scheme it. All the above. All the above. Making up for it in the RPO, was that the 80-yard pitch to Gus really the little pass? Was it, did he look like he wanted to go left off three and then saw something and then was that just him, again, eight being eight? No, it was a naked to the left. And he ended up coming back to the right. And then Gus was there. I mean, I'd love to say that we designed that and that we dumped it no, the back for 80 yards. I mean. Well, it ended up we were running a naked and we were going left and he ended up seeing a defender to the left and, and didn't end up getting a mark. His nature took it to the right and he found Gus. And those are things that he is going to do outside of that. Those are the things and the plays that he's going to make. And um, getting him on the perimeter, 
getting guys out in routes is a good thing for Lamar because he does have a unique ability to see people down the field. As long as you can protect him, he is a natural playmaker. You guys know that. And uh, you got to embrace that, you know, in terms of certain things. That's why we're pushing everything in a direction of, all right, let's have that be a bonus. Let's have that be a bonus. Let's be elite at execution. Let's be elite at how it's supposed to look. And then the other part is a bonus. In addition to the coordinators in the locker room, we also talked with some of the key players, including wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, who talked about the strong showing from the offense and what the Ravens can do to build off of that. We've been preparing, and um, I think at the end of the day, it's executing what you prepare. And I, I think last Sunday was an example of that. And then the previous week, we similar situation. How do you kind of carry that over? You know, when you execute at such a high level, you know, that's a high bar to set. How do you approach it the following week? Consistent about your preparation. You know, that's something that has to be consistent throughout because, you know, situations vary. Defenses play hard, they adjust. But how you prepare, you know, what you watch on tape, the corrections in the meeting room, the, the effort at practice, the attention to detail at practice has to stay consistent to at least give yourself a chance to be consistent on Sundays. Todd Munkin was saying that last week during practice, it felt like you guys had some of your best practices of the year. What, what was it did you feel like from practice field? I, th I thought our attention to detail was there. We just practiced hard. You know, we had great energy. I think the energy is the most important part. You know, practicing with, you know, enthusiasm and joy um, plays a big part in how it looks. You know, because we always, you know, I think guys always do the right thing, run hard, go here and there. But with the excitement you practice with, you know, the energy you, you practice with, it gives everybody a good feeling. So how's the practice? How's it been this week? Similar, similar, man. We, we practice with great focus and enthusiasm, enthusiasm, and we just try and get better. Todd Munkin got a, a game ball afterwards in the locker room. It seemed like that really meant something to him. As his players, you know, was that a, a good feeling for you all to kind of see? It, it definitely means something to me because I know he cares. He cares about what we do. He cares about what we look like. He cares about, you know, our production, you know, individually and as a team, you know. So I have a lot of respect for him, and he deserves that, and we need to just continue to put out performances like that for him, for the quarterback, for the O-line, you know, for each other. You know, that's what it's about. What did you see us getting open on these extended plays with Lamar, and, and, and what goes through your mind? You stay alive, you know. It's a, it's a scramble drill. If every, every team does that, we stay alive. I think our coaches do a good job about telling us about different voids and playing off of each other. You know, having a feel for the, where the next guy is, keeping your eyes on the quarterback, things like that. So you have to practice that too all the time because, you know, when you have an electric quarterback like we do, we understand that it's important to give him a target. With respect to that play with Lamar, and what did you see in terms of the void and, and, and some of those things you just, I just talked about? I kept my eyes on him and tried to keep on moving around. And when I found space, I took space, and he was on the same page. He, I mean, he has great vision. That's something that's, you know, unique to him, instinctive. You know, he has great vision even though he's moving around and moving guys with his eyes. He's shifting, shifting guys with his body, and he's looking for people, and that's good. Why do you think that Zay's off to such a historic start? his stats and everything. How has he gotten off to such a fast start? He practices hard. He practices hard. He prepares with great attention to detail. You know, I'm, I'm super impressed with him. I've always have been. And, you know, it, it's important that he has this type of performance because it's a great, you know, example of proper preparation and proper work ethic. Thanks, Thank, Thank you. Guys. you. 
That was wide receiver Nelson Aguilar. And last but not least, we also talked with linebacker Patrick Queen. He discussed the attire that he plans to wear for Sunday's matchup against the Cardinals and also the mindset for this defense going into this game. we got to ask about the Cowboy hat. We heard Rose version. What's yours? Oh, uh, I ain't got I ain't got a version. But we're going we gonna to be well-dressed Sunday. Uh, I actually had to bribe him a little bit just to get him to wear a Cowboy hat uh, to the game Sunday. So I'll see what kind of fit he wears and I'll give him a good rating. Uh, my rating is going to be a 10. I'm going to let y'all know he's a 10 already, but we'll have a rating for him soon. You'll have a cowboy hat, too? I did have a cowboy hat. Actually, I ordered a bunch of them because I didn't know what color I was going to have to match with my fit, and it was an extra one in there. I was like, bro, you might as well just you know, wear one with me. So he was like, all right, I'll wear one. And then he texted me, he was like, bring the hat tomorrow so I can match one. So I was like, yes. Does an extra unexpected wrinkle get kind of thrown at you when you see Kyler Murray, his full participation, or was that something that was already kind of on your guys' mind? Nah, I, I mean, we pretty much expect the offense to be the same. You know, they still got their quarterback runs, and Dobbs is – running as best as anybody in the league from the quarterback spot. So um, I think it'll be pretty much the same offense. You know, Collar is a different player and more electric and stuff, but I think for, for like the most part, it should be the same offense. Uh, obviously, Hollywood Brown's a guy you guys know well. It's one of the challenges that he brings to the poses with you guys. Yeah, uh, good catch and run guy. Uh, got a lot more sauce. He definitely got off the line way better. Uh, downfield speed has always been there. Uh, being able to take the top of the defense has always been there. Uh, he's more aggressive now with the run blocks. He's just throwing his body in there and stuff now, get, getting after people with blocks and stuff. So he's definitely way more aggressive than uh, what I recall. He was always been aggressive, but it's like way to another level now. Um, so hats off to him for that. Marlon Humphrey said yesterday that uh, Mike McDonald was hard on you guys when you got in the film room this week. You know, even though it was a big win, that he was, you know, would have thought you lost the game based on the way that you went through it. How does that kind of set the tone going into this type of game? Yeah, we was all we was all pissed out of the game because we wanted to put a goose egg up there on the board, and we know we were capable of it. Uh, and Mike took the blame with the call. He said it could have been a better call, but we all know that we could have played it better and, you know, probably stopped him and gave us a, gave ourselves a chance on the one yard line or something or the two yard line, whatever it may be. So um, that's when it comes into being a team, being a great, having a great defensive coordinator like him, having great coaches who actually care and want us to be perfect, and we want to be perfect ourselves. That was linebacker Patrick Queen, and you're listening to the Ravens Press Pass Podcast. If you want more of a deep dive on this game coming up against the Cardinals, head over to the Lounge Podcast feed. We actually sat down with outside linebacker Kyle Van Noy to discuss his career path that has led him here to Baltimore and what it's been like joining this team and what has allowed him to be so successful. So check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Just search the Lounge Podcast feed. Make sure you leave a rating and review here on this feed and the Lounge feed as well. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. We appreciate you listening and we'll be back tomorrow.